there's an inward and an outward working of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, the inward being on the inside, I'm actually letting go and not going to hold on to the resentment. And on the outside, I'm not going to demand something of you to make it right. Like yeah. It's forgiven. If you're not willing for any kind of reconciliation, or any kind of restored relationship, you might not have actually forgiven that person to begin with. I think you act your way into feeling, you'll feel your way into acting. Yeah. So you just take the step that you don't feel like taking because it's the right step. Even if it's nothing more than what God says to. All right. Being obedient. Mm-hmm. I don't feel it. I don't. Because, I mean, how many times would we be obedient to God when, if we felt, only if we felt like it? Welcome to the Biblical Living Podcast. Matt, Chase, and Alex are back to break down the practical side of a biblical life and to have some fun in the process. Stick around to the end for the Saint or Eight segment. You don't want to miss it. Let's go. Welcome back to the Biblical Living Podcast. I'm here with Alex Tucker of From the Pit Ministries. Link to his uh, channel down below. And I am here with a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Chase, just a regular dude. He's here. And we are going to talk tonight about an interesting topic. Still regular. Still just regular. Regular. You'll, you'll get there. You'll graduate to super eventually. Yeah. Well, we established in a previous podcast, I'm the supreme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say you're eating enough fiber so you're a regular <laughs> regular dude yeah, i mean yeah. take this however you want to take it when you're watching this or listening to this is regular <laughs> um but we are going to get into our topic in just a moment but before we do what's been going on in everybody's week not much tractor life is the life for me tractor life is your new tractor yeah kind of tractor lots of tractor and we've been tractoring it up Everything that needs tractoring got tractored <laughs> this week. Is that the official term, tractoring it up? We did a lot. We tractored it. And tractored it. Yeah. Sometimes you see something like, that needs a good tractor in. Mm-hmm. And then you tractor right on over it. it the sweet fruits of the tractor. <laughs> Anything that's like this much not level on our entire property is getting leveled out. Level it. driveway's going to be smooth as glass. Level it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we just been tractoring. Your wife's going to come out and she's going to be like, where'd that hill go? Oh, oh like, we, we got tractored. Have, we have no hills on our property anymore. <laughs> you can roller skate through <laughs> our yard. <laughs> it's all gone. Yeah. It's all gone. So, yeah, that's what we've been doing this week. Uh-huh. What about y'all? Nothing super crazy. That, oh, Aaron is out of school now. Yay. Uh, it's been crazy busy at work. They were like doubling our production pretty much it's been crazy um do you have how many posters of fred flintstone are there where you work because there should be (laughs) break room the fact that you even count and it's really there not just your office i'm talking about the whole (laughs) okay now but there is should be it's a rock uh posters of snakes in my office what like this see there's snakes of this area or snakes of the southeast in my office the previous owner of my lab was a snake aficionado oh really and he would there drive, is such a thing oh yes yes interesting he would drive around and catch snakes oh yeah that's intriguing at oh, one point that. he had a copperhead and one of those styrofoam coolers you get from the gas station had it in there, was taking care of it, and a DOT man come mm. to uh, do inspections. And this man, my previous 
coworker said, don't open that cooler. There's a snake in there. <laughs> and the DOT man didn't believe him, I guess, because he went in there, opened the cooler, and there was a snake in there. Well, and then didn't lie to you. No. Then he went up there and got old boy in trouble. Dang. Don't you know if you tell somebody don't do yes. like you tell them don't open that cooler, you're going to open the cooler. Well, if somebody tells me don't open it, there's a snake in there, I'm probably not going to open it. oddly specific. Yeah. <laughs> I would stand there's back and with a this. stick yeah. open no, that. I don't gun. think so. <laughs> While he was training me, because I took over his position, he had in like a plastic jar a black widow spider. And he would open this lid and drop flies down in there every day and feed it. This guy sounds like a weirdo. You said it, not me. I said it. <laughs> Let the record show. If he's watching this. <laughs> no, and wherever undisclosed location that you work at, employee, that guy sounds like a weirdo. Yeah, he Check was, that guy's basements for bodies. He was uh, terminated. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, <laughs> not long sense. after he somewhat trained me. This is adding up. Mm -hmm. yep. It all fits. So if the police are looking, start at that guy's house. Right. <laughs> um. How about you, Mamma? So for us, it's it's been a very normal week up until today. We had a refrigerator delivered to our house today, and uh, chaos ensued. Chaos ensued. I had we had told them I like I did I had them scheduled. I bought it, had it scheduled to be delivered. I did not yeah, schedule for them to install it. So I'm gonna install it. Everything's good. Um, so I was just going to get them to get it into my house, into the kitchen, and then drop it off, and then I was going to install it. Well, it didn't quite fit through the door. Oh, no. So now I thought, measurement-wise, I thought I had this all squared away. I didn't realize there's a curve. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there is a curve on that door. Yeah. And that curve curved just enough to keep it from going in any of my doors in my house. Oh, wow. So they dropped it off. As a matter of fact, they would not take the doors off of it. They won't do that. And they wouldn't take, they can only go up a certain number of stairs with it. Nice. And to go in my, they, they said, well, maybe we get it through your front door, but there's so many stairs, we can't go up that way. So we're going to have to leave it here in your garage. So they left, left it in my garage. So I decided, okay, I'm going to get this in the house. So I tried a couple of different ways. It ain't going through that door. Yeah. So I had to take off the doors of the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if y'all have taken off doors of these refrigerators that have yeah. like all kinds of, it has a whole motherboard up at the, mm -hmm. and so this one had this long piece of top yeah. with a motherboard. And if you take it off the wrong way, you have any, like you can mess the whole thing up. Yeah. They're probably so, voiding the warranty too and it, start messing oh, yeah. You just it, said that. On the internet, for yeah, <laughs> I did, I did, um, but it was it was a pain, and but I got the doors off after a lot of research on how to do it. Got all the doors off, then tried to take in. Well, the drawers were too big too, so I had to take the drawer. Had, so it's one of those ones that have the double French doors up top, and then the pull out drawer freezer. Mm -hmm. So I had to get the drawer off, got that off, got it into the house finally. Once I finally get it into the house, and I go to put it all back together, I'm missing a screw. Mm. And I don't know if you've ever been missing a single screw, but it is the most aggravating thing. So let's just say tensions were high at my house for a little while, mm. but we finally got it in, got the doors back on, finally got it all settled. But it was it was chaotic for a little while at my house today. Oh man, 
I'm the type of person that if it's back together and there's a missing screw, eh, don't bother it's me. Back together. As long as it's still standing up. No, nope, it bothers me. <laughs> if that door falls off in 10 years, I'll know. <laughs> All right, I guess that screw is important. That's where that screw was supposed to go. <laughs> That's where that screw. See, I, I'm, one, I'm that guy that if I'm missing a screw, I'm like, it's going to fall apart at some point. Yeah, and then my wife's not going to be happy, and that's going to be a big problem. So I'm going to find the screw. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was a little a screw. It was a little nerve wracking, or but we got it done. Mm-hmm. We got it done. It's it's in the house. This must have been what first century Christians felt like when they were being persecuted. Yeah, same, <laughs> same level. Yeah, this is definitely a uh, 21st century first world problems. But <laughs> oh, we had such a chaotic day. We had a refrigerator delivered, and it wouldn't fit through the door. <laughs> I had such a big refrigerator, it yeah. wouldn't fit into my my house that I own. The technology was so advanced, the motherboard on the, the French door <laughs> would. That's absolutely what Paul was dealing with. When, so. I got a question, though. Did you try to take your house doors off? My house doors were off. It still wouldn't okay. fit, yeah. Took the house doors off. My house doors are still off. My family's freezing. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come do this. Yeah, I had to like shoot a, this podcast. Yeah, uh, like a Persian convenience store clerk. <laughs> I had to uh, put the dog up in a in a crate while we were doing this because he he was not, he was wanting that. Not, so I almost thought he ate a screw at one point. So that's probably where it went. Possibility. <laughs> yeah. But uh, check the poop. But he was um like poop screws. He, it was just he's barking loud because he's mad that he's in the crate when some something's going on. So we got him barking at the top of it. Kids are we got neighborhood kids over at the house, so kids are running around. It was just it was a little chaotic. Sounds like you need to work on your fruit of the spirit. Mm. Hey, maybe patience. Maybe leave I, it in the garage till tomorrow. You got a whole day to work on it. Mm. Well, see, I thought I had it all day today, <laughs> but anyways. So that's what was going on in my life today. But other than that, everything's been great. So let's jump in then to our topic tonight. So tonight we are going to be talking about forgiveness. Very, very important topic. Um, an important topic that I think sometimes is brushed over a lot of times in the church. And so I think we need to spend some time actually addressing it. So we're going to start off with just what is forgiveness? What is like? What is that? What does it mean? Um, what does it not mean? And just kind of get into some definition side of what is forgiveness. What, what is forgiveness? Well, that was the question. I'm asking you. I'm asking you for the answer. I'm asking Chase. <laughs> well, I would say, <laughs> what is forgiveness? I think forgiveness it's hard to define forgiveness without using the word forgive. Yeah. I would say it's probably letting go of resentment or anger we feel towards someone for an offense they did towards yeah. us. I would say, yeah, cancellation of debt owed. Right. You know, of hey, there's no, whether it's emotional debt, whether it's, you know, actual debt, whether it's whatever, whatever I have, offense debt, I'm letting it go. I think that's, so I think both aspects of that tie together into a, a, a kind of the best definition I could come up with, which would be, you know, so we talk about forgiving a debt, like in, in natural money wise, like if I have a debt and the company that I owe the debt to forgives the debt, what they mean is you don't have to pay us this. They're really back. really sorry. 
Huh? Sorry that we asked you for all that money. Yes. <laughs> we, we forgive you for taking out a loan. <laughs> we forgive you for taking out a loan. Still pay it. No, but true debt forgiveness is, is where you don't like, you don't owe me anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold this over your head anymore. Yeah. I'm letting it like it's gone. It's as if it never happened. You know, it's funny. We're talking about this because I actually today, this is crazy. Today, I actually had a lady call me with kind of a thick accent and said that they want to forgive all of my student loans. Really? Yeah. I don't have any student loans. Ah. And she also couldn't tell me where she was located when I asked her, but she kept (laughs) trying to say Birmingham, Alabama. And she kept mispronouncing it. I was like, what's the zip code for Birmingham? And she couldn't tell me. She got (laughs) infuriated and hung up. But so she, she probably hasn't forgiven you yet. She hasn't forgiven me or my student loans. (laughs) So missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Lady, definitely not in Calcutta, India was trying to forgive my student loans. So. It's good to forgive She's something. Just trying to happen. be nice, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, trying to look out for you, and that's but debt forgiveness, and that that is really the concept of forgiveness is you don't owe me. And this tying into what Chase said, resentment. Um, I think a big time, a lot of times, we forgive in the sense that we say you don't have to pay pay us back, so to speak. Like you don't mm. owe me anything for it. But on the inside. I'm still holding that resentment. Mm. So I'm not, I'm acting like on the outside that it's good, but on the inside, I really haven't forgiven because I'm holding that resentment and bitterness and all of that. Yeah. So I think forgiveness is on a natural, like on an outward, there's an inward and an outward working of forgiveness. Yeah. Um, the inward being on the inside, I'm actually letting go and not going to hold on to the resentment. And on the outside, I'm not going to demand something of you. To make it right, like yeah. it's forgiven. Well, and forgiving someone is the start of a process. It's not the final correct thing, mm-hmm. and it it bears repeating. You may have forgiven someone yesterday, and you may need to forgive them again. You may need mm-hmm. to forgive them a different aspect of it, or a different way, or maybe you didn't you didn't forgive them quite as much as you thought you did. You know, until that thing is mm-hmm. like laid to rest, and there's not an internal like wishing harm against them yeah. genuinely yeah. either apathetic or wishing for their good, you know, something on the inside shifts of you where you're not needing that thing back, whatever it is that they took from you or owe you right. or you feel like they owe you or whatever. Yeah. So we should add in an emphasis there that it's a daily thing. It's a daily choice. We have to do the choice, you choose yeah. to forgive. It's not some kind of emotional feeling that's going to come across us. Like we never feel like forgiving anybody Absolutely, you have to choose to do it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you're led by your feelings, you're never going to forgive. Thankfully, God isn't led by his feelings and he forgives us mm-hmm. even when we're undeserving of it. That kind of leads into question number two. What's the question? Question. So how does forgiveness from God for our sins relate to us forgiving others when they've wronged us? Like what, what is, what mirrors can we see? Like what can we see about the way God forgives us versus the way we forgive others? And also does the fact that God forgive us, does that, is that kind of the root of why we need to forgive others? Like what, so how do those two things correlate? It puts a lot of perspective on things. Like, well, if God forgave, like I remember kind of having this back and forth with the Lord a while back. If, if somebody did something like mean to them, it wasn't like a big thing, but I was just kind of already having a conversation with the Lord. And I was like, Lord, like it puts grace into perspective. Like you see all these terrible things we do to each other and you still love us. You still forgive us. And I felt like an impression from the Lord that was like, and I also hear your guys thoughts. 
And so like, not only does he see the terrible things we do, he also knows the terrible things we think towards each other, our real internal thoughts and stuff. And so just knowing all that, knowing he still chooses to love us, to hope the best for us, to all that, like it puts whatever I may be holding onto for somebody else in a perspective when I think of everything that the Lord does for us and continues to do for us mm-hmm. and has done for us. And he still forgives. How can I not? Yeah. Makes us look really petty when we're hanging on to little stuff yeah. that we should have forgiven a long time ago. Uh, Jesus actually has a really good parable about this in Matthew 18. Um, he tells a story about there's a kingdom and this king has a servant and the servant owes the king like 10,000 talents or mm. something along those lines. And the servant can't pay him back. So the king says, well, I'm going to put you and your family into slavery to pay this debt back. And the servant says, no, king, please forgive me. I can't pay it back. Well, the king ends up forgiving him. Mm. Well, then that servant goes out and throws one of his friends in jail because his friend can't pay him back 10 talents yeah. or something. It was, it was a yeah, really small yeah. number. But the point of that is we are that terrible servant when we don't forgive others yeah. after we've been forgiven of everything. God forgave us of our sin. We didn't deserve it. Gives us his righteousness. When we hang on to unforgiveness, we are that awful servant that was forgiven $10 million and sent somebody to jail over $10. Yeah. Like that's, that's the perspective we need to have. It's very true. Yep. And I think what's interesting as I was thinking about this, the way Jesus forgives us he did it a before we even wanted it. Like you know, he he sent his son to die before we whatever. Like we were, we hated God. We mm-hmm. had rejected God. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's an outworking of how that forgiveness affects us personally, like in the context of getting saved and and having to place our faith in Jesus. But that is not has nothing to do with Jesus on his side. That has to do with us on our side. Jesus on his side offered forgiveness just straight out without us doing a thing. And I think there's a parallel there with how we are to forgive. It's not just that we're supposed to forgive because he forgave us. It's that the way he forgives us is a model for how we forgive others. So he forgives us by laying down his life to to the point of death, like laying down his life Mm -hmm. without us asking for it, needing it without us, like without us, making things right he offered the forgiveness before we ever said yes to make things right with him yeah and i think there, there's a there's a picture there that sometimes i think people they don't want to offer forgiveness unless that person's sorry mm-hmm. and that's not how god did it right god it was in the offer of forgiveness that we come to repentance like he offered forgiveness first and it's that goodness that drew us to repentance and wanting to change. Yeah. And I think the model of forgiveness that Jesus shows us is you don't it's not about the other person and what they're doing. It's about you making the offer of forgiveness right off the bat. Yeah. Um, even if they never accept it. Right. Even if they still hate you, even if they reject you, even if they you still forgive. Yeah. Every offer still on the table. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and it's somebody said one time like holding unforgiveness against somebody's drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And it's like, it is, it's a, it's a, a two part. It's for both people in the transaction that you forgive somebody. It's yep. for, for them with, you know, 
being the example that Jesus has, offering that forgiveness, giving them a, an opportunity for repentance and reconciliation and all those things that, that God is a proponent of, but also for me and not being able to hold on to something, hold on to a debt that may or may not get repaid. And it's it's me setting down my right to hold past judgment or to decide the the penalty when that's not a seat that I was ever equipped to to sit in that's a you know it's a seat for god and so it's just putting all those things in the right perspective Mm -hmm. of i know my place and it's one of being massively forgiven so what right do i have to hold on yeah when we we don't understand that that fundamental gospel stuff when we don't get that like that's when we're holding on to unforgiveness yeah absolutely yeah i think i think there's there's power in recognizing what God has done for us. Like, I think the big, one of the big problems is where sometimes we can be so arrogant that we only think about ourselves and how we feel. Yeah. And if we could ever lay down that thought process of how this makes me feel or how I feel about the situation and I can just think about Jesus, well, it's hard to think about what God has done for us and still hold on to, well, this is how I feel. And I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Well, and it's an ownership thing. If my life is still my own, whenever you take something from me, then I have a right to be upset yeah. about it. But I gave my life away, yeah. you know, a long time ago when I, when I entered into a covenant with, with God and said, here, you, you take control of this now. So like whatever I've got, everything I've got is yours anyway. So they're not taking from me. They're taking from you. If you want to, however you want to handle this as the righteous judge, you do that. That's not me. It's not my place. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, we talked about, I kind of briefly mentioned it. What happens if the person has not asked for forgiveness, am I still obligated to forgive? If they haven't actually tried to make things right, not just ask forgiveness, but they haven't tried to make things right. They've wronged me. They were in the wrong. They haven't tried to fix it. Am I still obligated to forgive them? You know, because technically we look at the, we're comparing this to Jesus. Well, Jesus offers forgiveness, mm-hmm. but it's not really applied to us unless yeah. we accept it. So well, how does that work? I would say same with Jesus. More often than not, that will probably be the case that people won't ask for forgiveness and that's what it comes back to again it's not me versus them it's hey i I don't have ownership of any of this anyway so of course i forgive you it's not mine to to hold against you it's not mine to hold as ransom for any kind of debt or repayment or anything like that either so so yeah absolutely i think that's our you know one of our responsibilities as believers and sets a great example of our testimony to non-believers of, hey, this is how God operates when you absolutely don't deserve it. He still offers that offer of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think whether somebody repents or not, you're still obligated to forgive on your side. But I do think that there there's a distinction that can be made. Um, I think if there is no repentance, complete, total forgiveness isn't isn't possible like the application of that forgiveness Mm. towards that person and i think we see this kind of play out in luke 17 and verse 3 says so watch yourselves as jesus talking if your brother or sister sins against you rebuke them if they repent forgive them 
even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. So here Jesus is talking about if someone sins against us, we should rebuke them. But that's not like exactly what, what we think of when we think about rebuke. Mm. Jesus is meaning correct them. And in order yeah. for us to correct that person, we really had to have forgiven them already on our part. Mm. But I think when they bring come to us in repentance, that's when true total forgiveness can happen of the, uh, the whole issue there. Yeah. Yeah, I think – so I think, and this is where I think forgiveness is is somewhat more nuanced than sometimes we think about. So forgiveness, there's a, there's a part of forgiveness that is my action and what I choose. And there's a part of forgiveness that is the application of that. So forget, and it also depends on the offense. We'll get into that in a moment. But if if I forgive you, my heart inwardly, I let go of the resentment, the bitterness. I don't demand anything of you to make it right. Like it, what you choose, you do whatever you do. I've let it go. I've forgiven. That's the part of forgiveness that is my choice and that I can do. But if you are unwilling to make it right, you may not experience the benefit of that forgiveness, if that makes sense, right? So, mm-hmm. so I've forgiven I've offered that forgiveness to you, but if you are going to just do your own thing and not care about the relationship or about what, what it was, and then you're going to do your own thing yeah. and that you're not necessarily going to reap the benefits of forgiveness, even though I have forgiven. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a twofold aspect of forgiveness, my part of internal forgiveness and actually letting it go and not demanding of you. And that's all I can do. I can't force you to accept my for or to accept my forgiveness for it. I can't force you to do any actions. So for me, I do my part. And then if you're willing to make things right and you accept that forgiveness and we, then we can, depending on the situation, determine how to move forward. Mm-hmm. But, and that's kind of what I view as that verse. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I rebuke you. I correct you. I tell you why, what, what happened, why this was wrong. And then I offer the forgiveness and say, but I'm not going to hold this over you. Yeah. Now, what you do with the fact that you've been, it's been brought to your attention that it's wrong, that's on you. Yeah. Well, I think that's where the distinction between forgiveness and something like reconciliation or yeah. like boundaries or whatever gets muddied up. Because I think a lot of people think forgiveness means, okay, we're back to where we were before this thing happens. And that's not true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness is, hey, you don't owe me that thing anymore. I, I, the way I always teach it in, you know, counseling settings or whatever is, somebody set my wallet down somewhere and somebody steals $20 out of my wallet. Forgiveness is you don't owe me $20 anymore. I still probably shouldn't set my wallet out around you anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that I, I don't have any ill will towards you. You don't owe me anything. There's nothing between us that's unsettled. But if you're not wanting to walk through a process of restoring relationship. That's why forgiveness is the first step in the process. It's not the final result. Forgiveness is, Hey, we can start here and at least opens the door, which is my responsibility to open the door to reconciliation. Mm -hmm. But that's a two way street. That's a, that's a relationship thing. And so I'm responsible for my half of us. You're responsible for your half of us. Then if you're not coming with your half of us, then we're not going to have an us. Mm -hmm. We're just going to have, you know, a, a me doing my part. Um, but, you know, that's why that reconciliation 
kind of can't be there. But if you're willing to, and if you want to work through the process of regaining trust and rebuilding trust or whatever, it's because forgiveness was offered that that door is now open to that trust being able to be rebuilt, that relationship mm-hmm. being, you know, restored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with forgiveness and reconciliation, which kind of that next question that I had listed here, I think the key with that is forgiveness always comes with a I want to be careful and caveat this, but in general, forgiveness always comes with a willingness for reconciliation. Yeah. But there's a caveat to that. Um, for example, if someone murdered my child and I forgave them, doesn't mean I'm ever going to be reconciled. Like, you know what I'm saying? So th- there's an aspect of forgiveness that generally in general comes with the willingness for reconciliation yeah um some i think there are some offenses depending on what it is like murdering my child that would be so grievous that i can never not have a boundary between me and that person by reconciliation you're meaning restoration of the relationship back to its original yeah yeah and and when i say back to the original even even i wouldn't necessarily back to original well the original relationship between you and that person is stranger that i feel no ill will towards yes Mm -hmm. so relationship restored because you're still a stranger we're never gonna be best buddies that's okay mm-hmm. but you're a stranger that i don't feel any ill will towards that's fine yeah, yeah well the relationship I mean, is 100 percent what it was before the offense happened that's well forgiveness that's if they're true. a stranger but i mean there's people who killed family who you had close relationship with i said that one time <laughs> in a speech at a wedding i saw it from a clip but this is my brother's wedding and I didn't actually say this, but I, in, our, in the rehearsal, I was like, all right, here's my speech for the thing. It's like, you guys take look into each other's eyes. He's like, you're looking at the person that's statistically most likely to murder you. <laughs> Treat each other well. <laughs> well, it's true. That's depressing. I'm just saying the facts. <laughs> it's statistically it's, true. So y'all be nice to each other. It's not very... Um... They're still married. Encouraging. So they are still married. <laughs> it wasn't my real speech, but. So does that mean if you pick a good spouse, you've got less likely chance to be murdered? 100%. Statistically. I, th- I feel like we should tell people that when they start looking oh, to date. Man. Yeah, let's do a big episode. Yeah, like, watch out. <laughs> watch out. <laughs> They're they coming. You. These girls are coming for you. So let's let's dive into the reconciliation thing just a little bit more with the concept of boundaries. So. So what do we do, you know, someone is willing to try to, like you talk about the stealing the money, someone's willing to try to regain trust. They want reconciliation. Well, you know, obvious boundary, don't leave my wallet out around you again. Right. But are there like, how do we go about determining what boundaries to set and how to, how to know when someone, if they're seeming genuine, like they really want to, they want forgiveness, they want to re reestablish and reconcile the relationship. How, what's that process look like? Is there any practicals of just kind of walking that out? Yeah, I think, you know, the closer into you, the more access and more, um, you know, availability you have to them and their needs and the more access they have to you and all the things that you have emotionally, financially, spiritually, you know, time, all of that stuff. And that you enter into those circles through time, through trust, through, you know, length and quality of relationship through reciprocal, you know, um, um, interactions. And so it's just things like that. The same way that you built the relationship, it's the mm-hmm. same way the relationship is restored and doesn't happen overnight. It takes time and, right. you know, but, but as the person builds trust, they can 
gain more access to you and you know even work their way back to that place where hey now i can trust you with you know being around my wallet again because i've offered that forgiveness initially and then we've been able to you know walk this path of reconciliation that's taken some time and should take some time that's Mm -hmm. healthy not healthy boundaries and all of that would be just jumping right in and well they said they're sorry so i can i don't know that's how like abusive relationships and yeah you know crazy stuff like that happens so time i would say time and and trust but yeah the same way the relationship was built Mm -hmm. that's how it's restored yeah and it's it's going to be different with every relationship whatever the incident or offense was but really if you think about it whether you're building a relationship or working towards reconciliation it's a series of managed risks mm-hmm. so what are you willing to risk to possibly further this relationship along yeah and we all do that every day like your whole Absolutely. life is a series of managed risks if yep. you think about it yep i took a risk today that i regret taking oh lord i took a risk and it uh failed i've tried to increase a relationship and it the, my risk did not pay off mm. there was a uh <laughs> there's a nice lady at a certain grocery store older lady that is working the same self-checkout that i go through every day and i attempted today to smile at her <laughs> oh wow she did not reciprocate the meanest mug you've ever seen in your life directly <laughs> at me. She saw me smile. Uh-huh. She saw, like, I'm in there every day and just, I got nothing. I, like, like casually kind of, hey. Which store was this? This is, I can't, I mean, it was a Publix, so it's like. Are, aren't there people Snootville like anyway. nicer or? No. Not this lady. I don't know. Maybe I feel like a nice. Walmart cashier would have smiled at you. No, Walmart cashier would have stabbed you. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> the ones around here, maybe not the Walmarts I go to, or the time of night that I go to them. But no, but no, she's just not having it. I'm just maybe like, you should go to Target. Maybe I should go to Target. Yep. Maybe check for peach fuzz and Adam's apples, like we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that their thing? Or in there, like a, a Target? Uh, People are shopping there now. Yes, that's a thing. Some devilry, <laughs> some witchcraft, devilry. for real devilry. Oh my goodness! Uh, I did see a guy order a Bud Light today, like out in the open, out in the wild. Probably shops at Target. I don't know. <laughs> you look like a good Southern gentleman. I was at the bar at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings before, not drinking alcohol beverages, but just eating chicken wings and not wanting to sit at a table by myself. But <laughs> guy pulled up with his wife. She got a Long Island iced tea. He's like, "Oh, I'm Bud Light draft." Mm. I was like, he, he did get there a guy, not me, but the guy next to me was next to him and kind of gave him like the, <laughs> <laughs> are you sure about, he just doesn't watch the news. Sure about that? Hey, great. If I didn't hang out with you guys, I'd be ordering Bud Lights. Right? <laughs> You'd have no idea. Yeah, I'd be like, what's everybody? Like, yeah. Why's everybody well, looking at me, well, honey? Star- or Target, what's it? Yeah. What? This is great. No long lines. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Bud Lights giving a $15 rebate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is going on? Somebody's stocking up from a warehouse. Oh, man. <laughs> All this stock I got in Bud Lights plummeting. What's going on? <laughs> what, what happened? Um, so I think with the, the boundaries thing, I think there's a, a potential danger here, and you need to be careful. You need to be the, careful. The boundary should fit the situation. And what I mean by that is if you took $20 from me 
and I've forgiven you and offered reconciliation to that. I've offered that forgiveness and you're willing to reconcile. There's a, the, the boundary should be tied to the breaking of trust of you taking that $20. You shouldn't have, like, I shouldn't have a boundary where, Hey, like, let me give you a bad example of a bad boundary. It wouldn't be a good boundary to say, Hey, I'll only talk to you for 20 minutes a week. Like that's not a, I mean, depending on the situation and let me clarify, I'm not saying that there, that isn't a good boundary for other reasons. Yeah. I'm saying for like, if the situation is you just took $20 from me, but we had a good relationship before that. And you're truly for, you know, I'm truly forgiven you and you've truly, you know, re- repented mm-hmm. as a, for lack of a better word, you've truly, like, I w- I'm so sorry. I want to make this right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't demand $20 or you offer to give me the $20 back, you, you truly want to make it right. You've, you've, you've shown remorse for what you did and I'm not willing to, uh, there may be boundaries on what I do around with money around you, but to keep you at arm's length to where I'm saying we, like, we're not going to be like there might, I'm not saying necessarily it's wrong. I'm saying you might need to check your heart to see if you've really forgiven. If, if I'm at Maybe. the, I mean, I'm not saying a hundred percent of the time, but I'm saying there, sometimes I've seen people who claim to have forgiven, but then when the person is truly repentant, they claim they've forgiven. It's almost like I, I'm going to say that I've forgiven you. So I'm going to kind of, pretend like I'm really doing reconciliation, mm. but I'm really just pushing you away. Yeah. And there's a, there's a difference between a boundary that you're setting up because of the situation where trust was broken versus I'm really just pushing you away. Cause I don't want you in my life. Yeah. Those are not two, those are two separate things. And sometimes if you're just pushing someone away, that could be tied to, you really haven't forgiven. Mm-hmm. So you have to check your heart. It's not necessarily the, the action itself. or the boundary that you're setting up itself. That's the issue. It's that sometimes we can set up boundaries that are really just covering unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's operating under the assumption that all of those things are legitimate and healthy as if you're setting up unhealthy boundaries in any situation, that's not good. You're saying you forgive and you don't really forgive like in any situation, that's not good. Yeah. And it will lead to stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So so yeah, just making sure all those things are genuine, making sure you're setting up yep. healthy boundaries, both not too rigid and not too loose. Yep. And just know, knowing that what that'll look like in every situation could be different. Mm-hmm. So just being willing to constantly check your heart, I think is what I'm really getting at is sure. whatever, if, I, if I'm in the process of setting boundaries with someone, I should constantly be reevaluating my heart towards them as yeah. we're setting, as we're going through this process of boundaries. Sure. And even good if the goal should should be some kind of reconciliation to the the safe, whatever status that's going to be, if you're not willing for any kind of reconciliation, any kind of restored relationship, you might not have actually forgiven that person to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think I would I would probably state it that way. I think a good way to say it. Yeah, because like if there's total for complete forgiveness, repentance. Uh, and you've actually forgiven somebody, then you should be, you should want them to become a better person. Yeah. If going back to the $20 example, you should want them to not be the type of person that steals $20 from us. And eventually we should want 
to be able to trust our wallet around them. Sure. And obviously that's like a small example yeah. of an offense. Yeah. But that should be the goal is reconciliation. Yeah. But that's also dependent on a lot of different issues too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the extent of boundaries, the extent of how much time that takes, the extent of how long that process is, that's all going to depend on a, what was my relationship with the person before mm-hmm. and B what was the offense? Mm-hmm. Like, there's varying levels here. I think what we're trying to, what we're trying to get to is the principles behind it, but not the necessarily the practicals of mm. your specific situation. Cause mm. every situation is going to be slightly different, yeah. but the principles will remain the same. Mm-hmm. So if you can ha- take this principle and then apply it. So if you're listening to this or watching this, you should be able to take these principles and say, okay, let me check my heart. Am, am I truly offering forgiveness? Have I let go of resentment? Am I still trying to demand someone else make it right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they should make it right, but I shouldn't demand anything like true forgiveness. I let go of the demand of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, so these principles, whatever your situation is, you should be able to look at your situation and then go through these principles and say, okay, is this a healthy boundary for this offense based on the relationship I had with them prior to the offense? Like what's the, what's the boundary? And I think that's the practical is finding the principles and then applying it. It's those tricky situations that are difficult to get around. I think if, if you're in one of those, if you're in a tricky situation with somebody, uh, it, it doesn't hurt to ask for help. Go to your church. If you've got a good, if you don't have a good church, you should find a good church, find a good church, talk to the pastor there, see what he thinks. I'm sure he's been through situations that will be able to help you out because there's a treasure trove of resources and, you Mm -hmm. know, just Mm -hmm. people that have, have walked through it. And yeah, you know, like we talked about earlier, consider the source, like Mm -hmm. make sure it's, it's people that are walking in healthy relationships that, that you want to walk in Yeah, and, and, you know, see what, see how they got there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just want to stress again, if you don't have a good home church that you feel like you have a relationship with people where you can turn to them in these kind of situations, you need to find a good home church, like get plugged in somewhere. Doesn't have to be any, like it doesn't have to be some giant mega church. It can be, if you want it to be, if you feel like you can plug in there. But it could be a home church, it could be whatever, but you need to get in with a group of people that you can have community with because it's in these type of situations that community really becomes invaluable. Yeah. Um, how do I walk out forgiveness? What's a good boundary? What if I don't know a good boundary to set? Hey, let me talk this out. There's wisdom in much counsel, right? Like, yeah. let me talk to people who've been through this. Let me talk to spiritual leadership. Let me talk to, and let's let's work out practically in my situation what could be good boundaries in this sure. scenario. Um Absolutely. So, so then we've kind of addressed the concept of what is forgiveness and, you know, kind of the model of forgiveness and being obligated to forgive and some principles. But what happens when someone is so upset, say they were so wronged, so deeply hurt that they just don't feel the feelings of forgiveness? Like how do how does someone who doesn't f- like is just these overwhelming feelings of hurt? and overwhelming feelings of anger and how do you push past that to get even start the process of forgiveness? Like what's, how do I balance my feelings with the fact that I know I'm supposed to forgive? How do I handle that? I think you act your way into feeling, you'll feel your way into acting. That's a good way of saying that. You know? Yeah. So you just take the step that you don't feel like taking because it's the right step. 
even if it's nothing more than what God says to. All right. I'm being obedient. I don't mm-hmm. feel it. I don't. Because, I mean, how many times would we be obedient to God when if we felt only if we felt like it? Rarely. So it's just, hey, this is the right thing to do. Feelings will come. And I trust that. You know, I trust that if it's the right thing that hopefully at some point it'll feel right. But if not, it's still the right thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and so just resting on that. And, and starting that process, hey, I, I decided to forgive with every ounce of whatever I can, which may not be a lot at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I can with what I've got and say, hey, I forgive that person. And then maybe 10 minutes from now, I'm mad about it again. Mm-hmm. i got to forgive them again. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's just embarking on that process. It's a daily it. choice. It's a, Sometimes a minute-by-minute choice. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think a lot of times it, it's a gradual thing, and it might take a while, but one day I think you'll – you'll realize that, hey, I haven't been angry at this person in a while. Yeah. And you then you'll realize you've forgiven them. Yep. Um, if you're having trouble, I would say start with prayer. It's a good good, oh. good place to start. Uh, the Holy Spirit really helps us out with these things. Well, that was obvious. Why didn't you say it then? Because <laughs> I was waiting on you to do it. <laughs> I was assuming everybody listening already prayed, so I didn't think I needed to get up. Didn't think this was read, amateur hour in here. If you read the comments of our last one, you'd know that ain't true. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I heard a little bit of the kerfuffle. Somebody was upset. Yeah. If you're upset, leave your comment down below. Or just don't. If you're <laughs> upset, then just shut up. And if you really liked it, leave a comment down below. How about that? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't care. <laughs> this is a dialogue it's a monologue it's not a dialogue (laughs) you you can uh you can leave your hate comments down below too it just gives my my videos more attention i'll put it like this if you if you got an issue with something i said algorithm if you got an issue with something i said just give me a call and we can talk about it (laughs) and if you don't have my phone number then you probably don't know me well enough to have an issue with me so (laughs) that's right but if you are going to comment Watch the whole video and actually listen to what we say before you post a comment. Because, like, repeating stuff just gets boring. Stuff we already addressed, yeah. Or read the other comments. Might help you out. Or, like, well, you know, you type it out. Mm -hmm. And then right before you hit send, just real quickly highlight all of it and then hit delete and then just don't <laughs> then you feel like you did something just do that yeah like i sure showed yeah. them in my head which is equally yeah. as much as where it matters as if you actually posted it because it doesn't <laughs> matter there either <laughs> so just don't just don't even do it anyways <laughs> just know that two-thirds of us will read them and i still will not so comment away actually now that i think about it <laughs> we will fill him in he will laugh at you um no um so you you talked about um, pray, like pray, Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, desire leader. Yeah, it's a good place to start. And you got anything else? Talked to about pray, pray, Holy Spirit. <laughs> so you just said, <laughs> did that crack you up? You talked about pray. Uh huh. Very good. Pray, Holy Spirit. That's what you said. <laughs> Who said that? Matt did. It's like you talked about pray, Holy Spirit. That's good. <laughs> well, pray, Holy Spirit. Well, those things are great. Yeah, that's those true. Are, that's good. Yeah, I forgive you for that. <laughs> no, we we were talking to somebody earlier before this podcast about forgiveness and yeah. how they had for started the process, kind of uh, have made good progress on the the issue of forgiving somebody that they know. Yeah, and yeah. I just pointed out, hey, that's a sign that 
you're saved. Holy Spirit's working in your life, drawing you, helping you to forgive people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's, that's really important. It's sometimes if we're really hurt, you may not feel like you want to forgive, but if you know deep down you're supposed to forgive, so you're asking the question of how do I start that process, even if I don't feel it, you're in the right spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't work by feelings. Uh, you, you mentioned talking about just obeying and what we, what would we ever follow God at all? If we, if we were waiting on our mm-hmm. feelings, right. um, and what popped into my head was the concept and, you know, I haven't gone in a long time, which, so I need to get back on this. My wife's probably watching this right now saying, yeah, I, I agree. Oh, <laughs> confession. Yeah. Um, you haven't been to confession. No, I haven't been to confession oh. in a while. I, speaking of which I need to confess. <laughs> no, um, to the gym and I, I have been going to the gym for a while, stopped going to the gym. And, um, now because I haven't been in the gym in a little bit, I'm not even looking at what you're doing. <laughs> I guess uh, all for parole. <laughs> um, but once you, when you haven't gone to the gym in a while, you don't feel like getting up and going to the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if you've been going to the gym a lot, sometimes you don't feel like getting up and going to the gym, but I've never seen a time where I got up and went to the gym that after the time at the gym, I didn't feel better. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even if, you know, I'm sore or whatever, I still feel like accomplished. I feel good. I feel like, Hey, I actually, a lot of times your you know, endorphins are kicking off. You're feeling better. Just in general, you feel better. So if a lot of times the feeling follows your decision and you kind of said earlier mm-hmm. you, um, about, you know, you act until you feel instead of feeling of feel and then you act absolutely and that's exactly right the feeling will follow but if we're waiting on our feeling to happen you're not the enemy is very good about manipulating our emotions yeah he's very good about getting in our head and making us think and feel things that aren't right but if we take steps to obey god it's really just shutting the enemy up it's pushing the enemy out and as we push him out push the the lies that he's telling us out as we we choose to follow god then it's almost like he he's like well crap i lost that one and yeah. so he kind of stops and then we start feeling what holy spirit's truly guiding us to mm-hmm. and so you know the bible says resist the devil and he will flee from you and part of resisting is not giving into the lie that says my feeling of what i feel matters yeah um at the end of the day what i feel and the Bible talks about, I said it in our last podcast, the heart is deceitful right? above all it's evil, right? So we have to ignore what we feel and make the choice to do what's right, regardless of what we feel. And if we do that, the feelings follow. Yeah. And, and walk in that line between we're not led by what we feel, but we also shouldn't demonize feelings. No. Like I, somebody shared with me some years ago, because I was kind of going down that path of like, feelings are bad like you go with what's good and like there's truth in that obviously like we do what's right regardless of how we feel but like you know the bible talks about the kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy like two-thirds of the kingdom of heaven is something you feel so like no demonize like all right i feel joy but so i need to be like there's a there is a time where that feeling is worth inspecting and and potentially being led by but it's your rational thinking that chooses to be led by that feeling, not the feeling takes off and you just go running after right. it. Yeah, and that's like the key. a lot of people. Yeah, the feeling themselves, feelings themselves, God created us with 
the capability to feel. Yeah. So, so that's part of the design of God in us. The problem is sin corrupts our feelings. And so we can't always trust our feelings. So the key is feelings can be, are, are good. It's not, you don't demonize the feeling you submit to God. And then God brings that, like you said, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, mm-hmm. and joy. That, that, mm-hmm. that feeling that is godly comes as I submit to the kingdom of God and enter into the kingdom of God. So the feelings, feelings shouldn't be demonized. You're absolutely right. We should just know feelings, pl- the place of feelings. Mm-hmm. The feelings should follow the kingdom, not the kingdom follow the feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the feelings come as we follow Jesus, not the feelings come. And then whatever I feel at that moment, that's what yeah. I go with. That's exactly how Paul uses it in Galatians 3. Uh, I talked about that in my sermon a couple of weeks ago. Um, he appeals to the Galatians experiences mm-hmm. to back up the biblical points he was making. Yeah. He appeals to their experiences to back up uh, what the actual true gospel is because they were being led astray. He said, hey, when did you start to experience these things? When you believe the true gospel or when you believe the false gospel? Mm. So he's pointing that out. Hey, you started seeing these things when you actually believed the truth. So maybe there's something to this truth stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So experience, emotions, they are very useful. God created them, put them in us for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Something to this truth stuff. There is. Hey. Uh-huh. I mean. Tagline for this episode. There's something to this truth stuff. Mm-hmm. There is something to this truth stuff. Serve God where you're at. Serve God where you're at. Just in the truth. In the truth. In the truth. Oh, man. Truth. Serve God where you're at. So let's talk about it. So what happens so we're supposed to forgive. We're supposed to choose to forgive regardless of whether we feel it. We choose it yeah. because we obey God. It's, it's an obedience to God issue. Okay. What happens if I do, don't forgive? What mm. happens if I just say, this person has wronged me so deeply, I just can't forgive him. I just won't. Then the river will turn to blood and <laughs> there will be locusts. Let my people go. And the firstborns will need to watch out. Um, if you don't forgive, yeah, you're opening yourself up to the enemy. You're opening yourself up to further unforgiveness. You're opening yourself up to, you know, you're walking in disobedience, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know, any other sin. Hey, God, I know you say to do it this way, but I've got a better idea. Yeah. And that's the root of any sin. That's why it's, you know, it's people get hung up on like, well, is is lying the same as murdering somebody? Like, as far as the law is concerned, like... No, as far as God's concerned, you're both saying, hey, God, you say to do this, but I have a better way of doing it. It's mm-hmm. the same rejection of yeah. God. Yeah. Punishments yeah. might be different, but it's still sin separates you from God. Exactly. Yeah, it's the I know I know better than you or I want to be in your spot calling yeah. the shots, which is ultimately the you know the root of all sin. So, so I'd say, yeah, unforgiveness is the same as any other sin. You're just opening yourself up to portals of demons flowing into your portal so completely agree you agree with portals of demons well yeah if you've got unforgiveness (laughs) it's definitely a portal for demons to uh, take over your body you're putting a black hole in your spirit man if you if you you haven't forgiven somebody you're possessed right now (laughs) (laughs) you are possessed yeah that might be a little too far we we might need to do an exorcism yeah All of the right. bad things that have happened to people are because of demons. Every Tra- single one. Every guy's ever get stuck in traffic? Demon. Demon. Yep. 
coming against you. Yeah. As a matter of fact, if, you, if you're sitting in traffic, as you're listening to this podcast right now. You need to repent. You, we command that traffic to disperse in Jesus. Right now. Oosh, right now. I feel the traffic breaking the noise maybe coming you, on me. Maybe if you'd forgive this person, house. the traffic mm-hmm. get out of your way. Yeah, forgive that person in line ahead of you. Yes, flow like the spirit through the streets. <laughs> I-24, I command you be loose. <laughs> Can I get a honk honk? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I plead the blood over the <laughs> connector three. <laughs> I'm saying real specific landmarks to so people know definitely where we are now, but... <laughs> So, gotcha. <laughs> Leave the blood over possibly Nashville, possibly Chicago, Illinois. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what do you think about? I'm going to go as far as to say, Uh-oh. and this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to. You uh, will surely die. Let me let me put on my signal. I'm going to say, well, actually, let me just read Matthew 6. Oh, just read the Bible. I oh, see how man. you get out of it. <laughs> we got to bring Jesus yeah, I'm, into I'm it. I'm going to get out of it by reading the scripture. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Take it up with Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Matthew 6. This is Jesus speaking. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And so I think this comes down to exactly what Alex is saying. Um, this is a case, if you don't forgive others, you don't actually understand the gospel. Sure. If you haven't forgiven others, that's a sin, and you don't understand what's been done for you. And I think that puts your salvation at risk. If you're not forgiving people, it's because you don't understand the gospel, and if you don't understand the gospel, you probably might not be saved. Sure. Um, it's a valid claim. It's a valid claim. I think it... I think, hey, I agree. I think you don't, it's a very big sign that you don't understand the gospel if you're not willing to forgive. Um, again, when we say forgive, we're not talking about feeling the feeling. We're talking yeah. about willing to make the choice. Right. Um, I think it goes deeper than just not understanding the gospel. I think that's a huge part of it. I think the other part of it is, let's say you did understand the gospel, but you just don't care. Hmm. Well, now now we're, we're crossing another line of maybe hmm. I didn't understand the gospel and not really saved to now... I'm flat out rejecting the gospel mm-hmm. because if, if the gospel is about forgiveness, that's the, that's, that's one of the hearts of the gospel yeah. is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if you're saying that you're not willing to be conformed to the image of Christ and forgive, right. you're flat out rejecting Christ. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that if you're struggling with forgiveness, you've, you're not saved, but yeah. it does mean if you've made a conscious choice to say, you know what? I refuse to forgive. Now you've you've you're in the position of potentially completely rejecting Jesus. Sure. Yeah. And so it's it's a dangerous place to be in um to do that. And and but I think the reason people f- say that and the reason that and I think this is where the heart of the issue lies, the reason people get into that position is because they're so hurt and so wronged and feel so much pain from what happened. And they're allowing their feelings to drive them. And mm-hmm. that, that kind of goes back to that whole last point we made. You have you don't have to feel something to choose it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people say, I can't change this feeling. This feeling's here. I can't get rid of this feeling. So just forget it. I can't forgive this person. No, don't allow your feeling to dictate your choices. Choose to forgive regardless of whether you feel it. And and here's the here's Here's the okay thing, and I think this is where people get messed up. If someone has wronged you, it's okay to be hurt. 
Like forgiveness doesn't mean I let go of hurt. I go to Jesus to heal the hurt. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I can't feel hurt. Right. And I think a lot of it's another reason hindrance to people being willing to forgive is that they, it's not that they think that if I forgive, that means it's getting this person off the hook for what they did. And I'm not allowed to feel this hurt anymore because this really did deeply hurt me. Mm. And that's not true. The Bible talks about the vengeance, uh, you know, vengeance belongs to the Lord. God, there is a day of judgment. And ultimately, if somebody did something so wrong to you that it truly, you know, deeply was wrong and hurt, God is the judge and God, God's just because you forgive doesn't mean that that wrong didn't happen or that that person isn't going to face God for that. And I think the key with forgiveness is saying, no, I'm okay to feel hurt, but I'm going to put it in God's hands and trust him to take care of the judgment side mm-hmm. of that. And if you can realize that forgiving them, isn't letting them off the hook of what they did in the sense of, Oh, well, they just get off scot-free for what they did. And you recognize God is a true and just and loving judge who understands that you're hurt and he, he will bring judgment and he will make wrong things right. If I can trust him to make wrong things right, then I can take it off of my shoulders and I'm not responsible for making wrong things right. He will make wrong things right. Mm -hmm. So I can forgive this person regardless of how I feel hurt about it because I trust Jesus to take care of it. And I think that's kind of the root of how do I, if you don't forgive, you're rejecting Jesus. So if the opposite of that is following Jesus and saying, I trust him. Mm -hmm. And I think we can, point to James in this situation too. Faith without works is dead. Yeah. I think if you're saying you're a Christian, but you're not forgiving, you're not actually a Christian or you're struggling with an area and we need to work on this. Yeah. The first John, Mm -hmm. if you say you say you love God, but you don't love your brother, then Uh a liar. liar. First John's got some stuff in it. Yeah. John also didn't have a great grasp on Greek. So he wrote, like third grade group level Greek. So it's just basic. Like if you do this, you are bad. If you are, you do not love God. So it's like keeping it simple for us. Message across. Yeah. Hey, message received. Maybe that's why I understand John. So well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not necessarily the gospel of kind of the gospel of John, but first, second, third, John, if you take first and second semester coin, a Greek in Bible college, you'll go over first, second, third, John more than likely because it's, not a lot of vocabulary in there. Very, very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's take this a step further. Further, we, we've kind of spent a lot of time talking about forgiveness and how it connects to how God forgives us. Well, the Bible says, and this question came from someone I was talking to who had this question. I thought it was interesting. The Bible says there's one unforgivable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Um, and if there's one sin that God doesn't forgive us for. Is there any sin that someone does against us that we wouldn't have to forgive them for? Is there a comparison? No. <laughs> well, there you go. God's the righteous. If God doesn't want to forgive them for it, that's God's business. <laughs> it's not none of my business. Right. Yeah, you know, it's the like, it's kind of a play on like an old saying or whatever, but like our job is to love them all and let God sort it out. So it's like, I know what my 
role in this equation is Mm -hmm. and being the judge of who gets forgiven and who doesn't get forgiven is not my role. (laughs) Not even in the slightest. (laughs) Yeah. My role is to forgive them. That's what I was commanded to do. So Mm -hmm. that's what I do. Yeah. That's good. It's not our job. Uh, I think, and this is going to depend on like how we define what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is, Ooh. and people might get into that. Are we going to get into that this week? I'm about to talk about it. Just kind of give some background for people. I disagree. We, <laughs> we we haven't talked about Burn this. Burn in hell. Go ahead. <laughs> we haven't talked Blast about this. The Holy Spirit. So we could all have different opinions Let's on what talk this about is. it. Because it, it, this has been debated since the early church. It's if you say is. the phrase, oh, my God, then that's you blaspheme, blaspheme the Holy no, Spirit. It's, oh, my Holy Spirit. If you say that, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's blasphemy. The Holy that's Spirit. true. That's, that's true. why nobody says that. No, right, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh, Holy just Spirit. It. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't be forgiven. You're done. Right. If you just disobey. Edit it though, right? Take me out. Take him out. Yeah, it's like as soon as he does that, like explosion and like chase is gone. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, do I need to get under the table or something? Yeah, we'll do it. Do a shot at the end where it's just like an empty chair and we're sitting. Here like this. <laughs> okay, so the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is talked about in multiple gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark three in particular. Uh, and we see the Pharisees coming up. They're looking at Jesus doing miracles, and they attribute his miracles to they, – they say he's doing them through the power of demons. Yeah. So I think we can kind of make the conclusion that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit could be not 100% when you attribute something that that is directly God when you believe something is God. Because the Pharisees knew Jesus was from God. Nicodemus says that. Mm. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus, says, everybody knows you're from God. But the Pharisees were still denying that that was God moving, that that was God healing people. They were saying it was being done by the power of demons. So I think we can kind of make a distinction there and say, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, is when you know something is God, when you yeah. know God is doing something and you attribute that to evil. You you call good water bad water pretty yeah. much, and you know fully well. And so I would say that it's not doing that particular thing that is unforgivable. I think when you do that, you show a hatred of God, a hardness of heart towards God, and you're not going to repent hmm. from that. Interesting. So, I would, my view on that has, has been similar. It's the idea, because like you said, it, it's the context of that passage is where Jesus is doing something that is Holy Spirit working through him mm-hmm. and the power of the Holy Spirit healing people and and doing miracles. And the they attribute it to a demon or to God. He cast mm-hmm. out demons by the power of Beelzebub. He they they attribute what God did, what Holy Spirit did, to demons. Like you said, knowing full well yeah. that he was from God. Right. So they were attributing what was God to the enemy, and as and knowing it was God. So what they're really doing is they're saying, "I reject God and believe God is evil." And so it's it's really unbelief ultimately the blasphemy of the holy spirit boils down to unbelief in god not unbelief in the sense of i don't believe it's god unbelief in the sense of i reject god Mm -hmm. and so i reject i know i believe that this man is from god out of one breath so i know he's from god but out of the next breath i reject what he's doing as evil and the reason I, I wouldn't, I feel like the word unforgivable kind of 
gets messed up in English language. Um, if you really dive deep into what that means in the Greek, it's not saying that it's unforgivable in the sense of if you do this thing, God refuses to forgive you. Instead, it's if you do this thing, you've, you can't be forgiven because you're not accepting the forgiveness is what mm. it boils down to. Like, you know, how do you get forgiven? You repent of your sins. Well, if you're saying you're rejecting God, you're not repenting, you're not turning to God. Yeah. So you won't be forgiven. So really the ultimate idea in my mind of what the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is boils down to, I'm re I know this is God and I'm rejecting it. Mm. And that is, is blasphemy. That's not good. I no, mean, it's not. So I want to, uh, approach this from a different angle. There are some prophets, so-called prophets out there, who try to use this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit concept for and attribute it to their own prophecy. So they'll say, hey, you can't judge my prophecy because now you're judging the man of God, you're judging the Holy Spirit. That's if not, you that's not God's anointed. Not, yeah, exactly. If you judge my prophecy, you're committing blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yep. That's what they'll say. And also, if you tell that crazy lady that's whacking everybody with flags to go somewhere else to whack people with flags. Yeah. To where she's not going to whack as many people. Right. Well, you're quenching the spirit, yep, That's brother. God moving. That's blasphemy. I just want to know how many times you can say whack. Dude, whack. There's some <laughs> that go all willy-nilly with those <laughs> flags and just get a little out of line, as uh -huh. Shania Twain would say. You're right. Um, yeah, that's unbiblical obviously scripture teaches us to test prophecy right um they they um there was constantly paul wasn't afraid of people questioning him um you know we talked about it in our last episode if you haven't watched our last episode link to that will be down below but in we talked about deconstruction and we talked about questioning spine and i think this is the key is anybody who's using this verse to tell you that questioning them is sin um they're out of line they're a false prophet i'll go so far to call them a false prophet Whoa. Um, and so just ignore that trash and um recognize that the reason truly back to forgiveness blasphemy of the holy spirit is literally is truly like kind of what we explained it's it's not god choosing not to forgive you it's you not accepting his forgiveness yeah um and so it's i think that distinction if you understand that then you can tie that back to us do is there anything we can not forgive other people for well no because we should always choose to forgive yeah that does not mean that everyone will accept your forgiveness right. which is what's really happening in in the uh, blasphemy of the holy spirit yeah is they're not accepting right. they are in a position where they won't accept forgiveness from jesus yeah and I want to comfort some people out there because I can remember being a little kid, being worried that I committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Probably did. Uh, you should be worried. You're right. This is not an accidental slip-up type of sin that you're going to do. Yeah, this is blasphemy. Yeah. So another good thing, if you're worried about it, that's a sign that you haven't committed it. Because if you actually blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you're not going to repent of it. You don't care. Yeah. Apostate. Right. Um Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and preacher rapture, scaring kids for a long time. Mm. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, saying right. Ain't that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, with no. Ain't with an asterisk. Yeah, yeah. That's a hard ain't. I would say that's the, the hardest. That's ain't. the hardest ain't. That's just flat out ain't. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say if you did that. 
that is one of those anxious and you ain't a christian yeah. if you did that whoops <laughs> yeah um all right so going to the idea of forgiveness then if we forgive the person we've truly forgiven them does that mean and i think we've kind of already tiptoed around this but just to flat out lay it out there does that mean we have to act like it never happened um that they're wrong they, they wronged us does forgiveness mean forgetting is forgive and forget which is a common saying is that really a thing yeah i think one i think people can use that phrase like i I forgive, but I don't ever forget. I think it's just code for like, I haven't forgiven them yet. Mm. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, the reality is if we're wanting to live in reality land, which a lot of people don't want to live in reality land, but if we want to live in reality, (laughs) that thing you did really just happened. I really feel hurt and have trust that's really broken by it. So me to just like plug my ears and say, Oh, that never happened. Like, let's just keep on going like normal. Mm-hmm. That's just to reject reality. So the reality is hey, that person has become for all, you know, a person you can no longer trust on some level. And so that needs to be handled appropriately. If you're wanting to have healthy relationships, right. unhealthy relationships, it's like, yeah, just keep on the doors wide open, hurt me as much as you want to. Cause mm-hmm. I'm just going to pretend like it never happened. Cause you say you're sorry. Right. Gotta have fruit of repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is it's going to depend, one, if they've actually repented. And number two, I think it's going to depend on what the issue was, too. Because, like, if if somebody is makes one rude comment to me and they hurt me, they hurt my feelings, but they come to me and they repent and they say, hey, I'm sorry I was wrong. Yeah. I should probably go about my life like it never happened. But if it's a repeated thing where every day they're making rude comments to me, I should forgive them, but I shouldn't allow my heart to be in a place where they can offend me like that every sure. time, every day. Let me also offer a caveat to that. If they make a rude comment, like for this specific situation, but it can apply across the board. If they make a rude comment to me, my responsibility is to communicate that to them right. and then give them the option because yeah. they can't read my mind and right. know that they. That's what Jesus said you know, in Luke, the passage. Yeah, yeah, early. yeah. Rebuke them. Bring it to them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So it's just like, well, they say all these rude stuff to me for years and years. Well, they don't know that they're being rude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, and this is a bad habit we have as humans. We have a bad habit of attributing motive to Mm -hmm. people based on our own thoughts. Yeah. So you said something, maybe it upset me, and I attribute the motive. You were intentionally trying to hurt my feelings. Right. You were purposely being mean to me. Yeah. And in reality, in your mind, never even crossed your mind that you were trying to be mean to me. People don't think about me as much as I do. That's absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Well, speak for yourself. I mean, you know, (laughs) some people are big deals. But, but but, I mean, that's absolutely true. Like, that, that person cut me off just on purpose just to get under my... No. Yeah person probably didn't even see you they don't care about me yeah, right you know what i'm saying like we, we we just attribute motives so a lot of times if someone's saying rude comments or doing things like that a lot of times we attribute the motive that they're purposely trying to do something when in reality a lot of times they don't even realize it so yeah. that's very important instead of attributing motive sometimes the key to fix all of it is just communication sure not only do i bring it to their attention that it hurt me but I also am not going to assume they attempted to hurt me. It may have been just a misunderstanding on my part. So I'm going to go to them and say, hey, when you said this, it made me feel this way. Um, 
but I don't know if you meant it that way or, you know, what, and then just having that conversation that way it opens the door for them to be able to not be defensive. Cause I'm telling him you did something wrong, sure. but rather I'm saying, Hey, I'm not assuming that you intended this. I'm just, this is how I felt in that. Yeah. So now there's a two way communication and, and both sides are, yep. are good. Absolutely. Um, to kind of jump to the other side of things, oh, don't take what we're saying here. Well, I'm the one that made the original point anyway, so I'm jumping to the other side of my point. Back to what I was saying. <laughs> You're going to contradict yourself now. No, go ahead. No, I'm just, I want to get both angles. Don't take what we're saying here as an excuse to put yourself in danger. Yeah. Like the, the examples we're given are minor, like rude comments. Yeah. If somebody's threatening your life, you shouldn't pretend like it never happened. Yeah. It's yeah, like, don't leave your wallet yeah. laying around there. Yeah, like, yeah don't leave your wallet don't, laying don't around. Don't leave your life laying around Yeah, there. right. That's, yeah. Uh-huh. The, the example I would give of that, just think of it in the natural side of things and like the law, right? If someone um, was speeding, they're going to get a ticket. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to pay the fine. But then that thing, that uh, it's going to be like it never happened. It's not going to follow them the rest of their life. It's not going to be, it's not going to impact their daily life. They're going to get the ticket. They're going to pay it. They're going to be done with it, and it's going to move on. Someone rapes a child. That's going to follow. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I took a hey, turn. That's the other end of the escalation. From rude comment. You got, you got 35 and a 25. Versus, speeding versus, yeah. Jeez. What are you but, in for? Well, I went 15 over. What did you do? Huh? Right? But, but that's obviously something that's not going to be forgotten. That's something uh-huh. that that it's one of those things that that's going to follow you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and in my opinion, you should be in prison for the rest of your life, but we'll let that go. If my point is those things are not comparable. And so the severity of the wrong that was done to you is going to dictate whether or not you really, if it's something you remember and you don't, you don't think about it or something that's going to be there. And there's nothing, it's not unforgiveness for that thing to still be there, to, to know that it's there. That's not necessarily unforgiveness. But if you can't think about that thing without hatred arising in your heart, yeah. that's a sign of unforgiveness. Does yeah, that make sense? Good indicator. Yeah, it's a good indicator. So you don't have to act like it never happened, but you don't get to take that thing that happened and allow it to grow hatred in you for mm-hmm. the person who did it. Sure. And so that's that's kind of the distinguishing there. And like Chase said, if it's something simple that's been wrong to you, like you know, somebody said a rude comment to you, um, sometimes some there's two things. It, you feel how you feel. So if somebody says something wrong to you and you feel hurt by it, you need to go talk to them, make it right, and, and forgive them and move forward. And don't hold on to that. That's not, that's one of those things you should live like it never happened. You should just let it go. Now, again, like if it's a repeated thing, it's different. Um, but if it's just a one-time offhand comment, let it go. Um, that being said, you. sometimes we also need to just put on our big girl pants. And- I don't wear those. <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? Did it. It's big boy pants. Yeah, I'm a boy man. Well, you, Do you shop at Target. <laughs> Sometimes. No, um, not anymore. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you get that particular outfit at Target? <laughs> oh, gosh. Because <laughs> then there's other reasons to boycott Target. He, he shops Selling. for North Face um, and Bud Light at Target. Geez. Is North Face a th- Oh, uh, gosh, oh, yes. oh no. Disappointed. I, 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 I got to get a new backpack. Do not watch the news. So Now you know. 
Sorry, North Face. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I remember what I was saying. I, I got a sweet North Face jacket, though. I'm not stopping. Yeah, I know, right? What was that? I'm not going to buy any new stuff, but. What was I saying? Dang it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, Forgiveness and blah, blah, blah. Jesus and God and all that. Oh, I was just saying, put on your big boy pants. Um, sometimes we get offended and it's not really something anybody else did wrong. It's just our own emotions being leading us. Yeah. Um, so sometimes the forgiveness isn't really that I need to forgive the other person. It's that I really just need to get over myself and my own things. So sometimes it's just weighing the different, you know, different situation you're in and determining if, is this something I was, that was truly, I was wronged. And if it is, if it's something minor, you forgive and it's something minor, not a big deal that really doesn't have huge impact other than my hurt feelings. Okay. I'm probably going to live like that never happened. If it's something that has actual impact beyond just my feelings were hurt, then there might be situations where I don't necessarily forget it. And that's okay. That's not necessarily unforgiveness. As long as you can think about it and it's not something where I'm hateful, I, 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 can't believe this person did this to me and you're constantly wanting to hold them accountable for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so it's kind of, we've been talking about us forgiving others. What if we're the one who did something wrong? What if we wronged someone else? Never been in that situation. Yeah, I wouldn't know. You can speak from your experience. But, yeah, you've got a lot of experience on this one. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> sure. As the expert on this one. Have you have you had to forgive me? Um, no, we're just talking about you being wrong. <laughs> yeah. But if um, if you're the person who's done something wrong and hurt someone else, what if you're truly repentant but they refuse to forgive you? How, do, how what do you do in that regard? The only person I can control on a good day is me. Yep. So my responsibility is I'm responsible for my half of us, and their half of us is them walking in that process of reconciliation with me if they're not willing to do that nothing i can do about it i'm just responsible for my my part of it that's unhealthy boundaries on their part of of having too rigid of a boundaries and not being willing to you know have 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 that process of reconciliation but i can't control their boundaries can't control them can't control their decisions any of that kind of stuff so i just make myself available you know commit to the process and if they're not willing to then I want to give them the freedom to be them. I want to add to that. If you're the person who did something wrong and you need to make it known to them that you're truly repentant over it, that you're sorry, you do your part, you, you open that door, but you're probably not the right person to tell them that they have unhealthy boundaries and this isn't right, that they're not forgiving you. Unless like, you're responsible for them. Unless you're responsible for them. It's a different mm-hmm. thing if you're responsible yeah. for them. Like if, if you're in leadership over them or you're the parent or something like that. But that's, you got to be careful how you go about yeah. that. Um, but if it's like a peer relationship, someone that you're not in, responsible for or, or in leadership over, um, that you have no say. Like, it's okay to say, hey, you know, I'm truly sorry. I want your forgiveness. Um, you know, forgiveness is such an important thing and, and I don't deserve it. I did something wrong, but I'm asking you to forgive me. And to, to do that, that, that's all great. But if they're not willing to forgive you, yeah, you rebuking them when you're the one that did something wrong, probably not the best way to go about it. Yeah, I wouldn't say like rebuke anybody, but um, that's 
what's going on, but there's nothing I can, can do to control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I've got it. I, you're totally free to have mm-hmm. unhealthy boundaries. That's, yeah. You know. Yeah. I would say next steps there, like if you're actually in a relationship with that person, is to go get a brother and confront them. I would say like if you actually care and you want this person to grow or like you're in a church with them, especially if they're in your family, like you don't you don't do it by yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. Go get somebody to, and talk to them about the situation because you might be wrong in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yep. It could be we could just have a misunderstanding. Maybe they're not even mad. Sure. Maybe we need to bring somebody else's and get their eyes in on this. Um, another point, too, and that's if this person that hasn't forgiven you is a Christian and they're going to actually care yeah, yeah. about what Jesus has to say, and they should forgive you if they're a Christian. If they're not a Christian, they have no reason to forgive you in the first place. Right. So that's something we needed to take into account when we're dealing with non-believers. They might not forgive you. They have no reason to in the first place. Yeah, and Very if, true. if that's the case— like you said, you're responsible for your part. I think the danger here and what you need to be careful of is not to step into unforgiveness of you not forgiving them for not forgiving you. It can be yeah. like, you could be upset that they're not forgiving you nope. and you feel like that's a wrong to you. And then you all of a sudden start not forgiving them because they in a cycle. Yeah. It becomes a cycle of just hurt and unforgiveness and, you have to be willing to say, I was wrong. I want to make it right. I'm truly repentant. And at the end of the day, they make that decision. And if they choose not to forgive me, I'm not going to hold that against them mm-hmm. at all. I'm going to just, just like with the other, I'm not going to demand something from them. I'm going to say, you're free to make your choice. Yep. Um, and so I think that's the key is don't step in unforgiveness. Don't let something you did wrong that you truly want forgiveness for turn into your own unforgiveness. Yeah. Basically. Absolutely. Um, so to wrap this up then, what advice do you have for someone who is walking through this process of forgiveness? They're, they, they've, they truly want to forgive. They're starting the process of forgiving. They've made the choice to forgive, but they're still walking through that process. What What's your biggest advice for them? Do it anyways. Yeah. You just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's good to be. Pretty simple, but just do it. You know, you go back to what I said earlier, you act your way into feeling. So you're not going to feel like doing it. You never will. Mm-hmm. Start by acting. Start by whatever that looks like, whatever you, the best to your best ability. Maybe you got to grit your teeth or maybe mm-hmm. you just got to like whatever, but hey, I forgive them. And right. the best of my ability, I'm setting that thing down. And it may be just a little bit, just barely, just this first time. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Then a little more the next time. Then a little more five times that first day. And then maybe even four times that yeah. the next day. And maybe only once the day. You know, just whatever it takes because it's worth it and it's obedience, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to the Bible. But, um, but yeah, in the words of no particular company, just do it. <laughs> Choose it consistently. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of times this is a gradual process and we have to, like Alex says, choose it every minute of the day. Sometimes, um, something that can help pray about it. That helps usually with everything. There is that it's going to be the last thing we want to do, but we can always read scripture about forgiveness. That's the last thing you want to do when you're upset Uh, at somebody though. But maybe it's the thing we ought to do though. Read some old Testament. Sodom and Gomorrah <laughs> down upon them. But that is passages. God bringing vengeance. Yes, yeah. Lord. You hit him with that Sodom and Gomorrah anointing. Uh-huh. Uh, to, to add to that, I gave 
you said earlier, we talked to someone tonight who was going through the process of forgiveness and and kind of um, realized there's some people they need to forgive. And one of the things that um, I told them when I was going through a, a season with unforgiveness and realizing that there was somebody I needed to forgive, God took me to the passage in scripture about Balaam, which is not really a passage that's really about forgiveness. But what he showed me out of it is Balaam was actually hired by um, a king against Israel to come and curse Israel. Mm-hmm. And um, so Balaam was going to go curse Israel. God stops him. And every time God, uh, Balaam would open his mouth, he couldn't curse Israel. He would have to bless Israel. And what God showed me is that a lot of times when we're angry, we've got unforgiveness, we've got pain, the best way to combat it is to open our mouth and actually bless the person that mm-hmm. we're uh, not forgiving. And in doing so, it's hard for my heart to remain angry as I'm speaking nothing but good things over them. Yeah. So think of that person and then just start speaking, you know, start praying for them, start saying, God, I hope they have the best day, the best year. Mm-hmm. I hope everything they're putting their hands to succeeds. I hope you start speaking blessing over them whether you feel it or not, you start doing it. Balaam was trying to curse them. Like he wasn't, you know, but you do it anyways. And over time that transforms your heart. Absolutely. Um, So that would be my best advice is when you feel the feeling rise up in you, um, respond with the opposite spirit, respond with, no, I'm going to bless them and actually start verbally doing it. Yep. And then also serve God where you're at. Serve God where you're you're at. at. Wherever you currently are. If if you haven't made it through the end of the process. Serve God there. Serve God there. Mm -hmm. Serve God where you're at. It's time for Saint Saint or Ain't. Or Ain't. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for this week's edition of Saint or Ain't, the game we play where we decide if a specific topic is for the saints of God, or does this make you an ain't? Mm-hmm. Is this for the ain'ts of God? This week, I would like to ask you guys, Saint or Ain't? I'm scared. Secret societies. Oh, Ooh. buddy. So this could include the, this would be masonry. This would also, I would include Elks and Knights of Columbus's and things along those lines. And I understand there's varying degrees Mm -hmm. of, you know, what goes on there. Um, And some of this, we may just be speaking on what we know, because I don't Mm -hmm. know about you guys. I've never personally been a part of any of those kind of organizations. Just know them by reputation, a lot of them. But saint or ain't, secret societies, clubs, Etc. Etc. I'm gonna let you start this. Thing. Whoa, teeing up uh, in here. I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna say. It depends. Sure. I'm not sure. If I can give a, I think it's gonna depend on the organization. I don't think just because it's secret necessarily makes it bad. I think why is it a secret? What's going on? Mm. Um, are you swearing oaths to random or unknown deities? Yeah, it's gonna be an eight for me. Yeah. If you're taking up money to hand out to the children's hospital. Sure. It's probably going to be an okay thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to depend on which organization, like Freemasons, I'd probably say ain't yeah. right off the bat. Yep. Um, you're swearing an oath to a deity of your choice, pretty much. 
But there's a lot of stuff that's come out about once you get on higher up, they actually believe in some Egyptian gods, and some yeah. of them believe they're worshiping uh, Lucifer and things along those lines. I had a guy that was high on meth the other day trying to tell me about the Freemasons, and <laughs> I didn't really, uh, I wasn't really picking up what he was putting down, but yeah. he seemed pretty convinced that they're running things. So, <laughs> well, I know Freemasonry. I think even in the entry levels, you swear an oath um, of secrecy and you place the repercussions on that on yourself and your posterity. Mm. So like you're swearing an oath to not reveal secrets and you're putting repercussions on your children and your grandchildren. We need to pray for whoever leaked that information then because they got right, some yeah. repercussions on their mm-hmm. – they broke the first two rules of Fight Club. <laughs> Don't right. talk about Fight Club. Yeah, but you're, you're swearing oaths to demons when you do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Tyler Durden. So what? I, I'm going to be – I'm going to be – so here, here's, here's where I'm going to be. I'm going to say it's not necessarily an ain't, but I'm going to lean more towards ain't, and I'll tell you why. I think there are secret societies that if you're a member of a secret society, it's not necessarily – or some kind of lodge or something like that. It's not necessarily a sin or wrong in and of itself. But I think a lot of times, a lot of times, the people who do that are, what they're actually doing is they're trying to substitute what God designed the community and the body of Christ to be with something else to fill that void. And if that's your motivation, which most, uh, at least the people I've talked to who've been involved with some of these secret societies, that's really, it's about a brotherhood. It's about, it's about, and mostly it's, I guess there's, there might be women's secret societies. I don't know of any off the top of my head. Oprah's book club. Yeah, there's like adjacent. <laughs> what? Book club? Oprah's book club. Oprah's book club. There there's you go. Adjacent to the Freemasons. They have like sister organizations. Yeah. Some of them are like witchcraft organizations. Yeah. Anything absolutely ain't if it's an organization. Freemasons are the guys and the that kind of free willies are the <laughs> girls. <laughs> Anyways, but I think a lot of times – you're filling a void that God designed to be filled by his body and his, the community of, of believers. Yeah. And so in my opinion, that would make it an ain't if that's your motivation. And I would say that based on my experience, I'm not hundred percent going to say everybody, but yeah. a lot of the people I have talked to who have been involved in these societies. That's the motivation. They're yeah. looking to find a brotherhood or a community that they aren't finding in the church. And so if that's your motivation, I think that makes it innate. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the majority of people. So I would say not necessarily innate, but leaning ain't. Yeah. That's how I would say it. Ain't adjacent. Ain't adjacent. Well, yeah, I think I'm with you guys kind of just depends. Like, you know, what are you doing in your secret society? If your secret society's dudes hanging out and like probably drinking too many beers, like, all right, well, let's, like, don't do that, but that doesn't make you sacrificing babies to demons or right, whatever. Right. But if your organization is the Crips or, you know, whatever, like, it's probably probably an eight. Yeah. For, you know. Right. So, yeah, it depends on organization. depends on where your heart is. depends on your uh, – depends on you. Are you walking in sin with that mm-hmm. organization? And does that organization require you to walk in sin? If so, do not take part in that organization. 
That's very good. Mm-hmm. Very good rule. Yeah. Um, I would just add to that. If you're someone who's a part of that, an organization like that, like you said, repent if it, and believe. Yeah. If, if the organization's involved in any type of religious stuff that's outside of scripture, get out of it. If it's um, just a hangout thing, not necessarily saying that's wrong. Go home and be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> <How about> like, that? <laughs> like I'm just saying, check your motivation, check your heart. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you'll find at the root of that, there's something, there's an issue there. Yeah. Well, think, the devil always takes good things and uses them to draw us into bad things. Yeah. Yeah. So often. that desire for community has pulled a lot of good men into these bad organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I did recently join an organization, something about latter days, something or other. Yeah. And uh, they talk about God quite a bit. They do. Yeah. yeah you're right. That's the wrong God. Latter day saints or something. Yeah. Something. I mean, they even use the word saints. Yeah. Like, yeah. what's wrong with that? But I don't saint latter day saints. I ain't it. Latter day saints. There's latter day saints. There's latter day saints. We're in the latter days, brother. We need some saints. <laughs> um, Awesome. So I hope you've got something out of this podcast. If you didn't know already, we are on podcast, on podcast. We are on podcast. We are on Spotify, iHeartRadio and Google podcast. Links to those are down below. If you'd like to listen to future podcasts on there as you're driving down the road, please don't watch the video while you're driving down the road, just for safety reasons. Do it. Do it. it. Break the rules. Break the law. Commit tax fraud. Do it. Um, if you're interested in donating to this channel to help it keep growing and going, you can do so with the links below. Also, when we hit 500 subscribers, we will be giving away a CSB Chronological Bible. Fantastic way to study the Bible in chronological order. Uh, we are getting closer. Uh, gaining getting new close. subscribers every day. We're Real getting close. closer. So if you have not subscribed yet, which a lot of people who watch my videos have not actually subscribed, Click that subscribe button and click that what notification bell so you don't miss a video. Serve God where you're at. Serve, serve God where you're at. at. And that's subscribe to this channel. Subscribe, <laughs> subscribe button. button. That's a good place to serve if, God. If you, if you, the subscribe look, button. I know we said that forgiveness means we don't hold them to make oh, do something. Like, but I'm telling you, if you don't do something on your end, I will not forgive you. If you don't subscribe, you. you've just committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, click that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and we will see you next time. Toodaloo.